0: on today's episode i have cyberpup timo here with me i'm really excited to have him on the show uh if you're not familiar with howell or any of his instagram or spicy twitter account i definitely recommend checking him out but hey i just want to give you a warm welcome and thanks for being on the show oh my gosh thank you so much for having me Um, so Timo, first off, can you briefly describe to us about yourself so our listeners might know who you are and if they're not familiar with your work, what do you do?
1: Yeah, of course. Uh, so hello there audience puppies in my phone. Uh, if you don't know, if you don't know me, I'm pup Timo. My pronouns are he, she, they, whatever you like, as long as it's respectful. I am an artist based out of downtown LA and I'm the co-producer of Howl, which is a monthly puppy party at Precinct.
0: Nice. So what's Precinct?
1: Uh, Precinct is a bar in downtown Los Angeles. It is uh, officially dubbed as a rock and roll drag bar. Um, But it's also like a really good, I think, a really good hub for like kink culture in Los
0: Angeles. Oh, that's awesome. How would you describe, like, if I'm walking in, what am I going to see?
1: Hmm. All right. Well, you're going to walk in, and there's going to be a big flight of stairs. Uh yeah you know, I should have put in my notes cuz I could have looked up like who does all of the art cuz no, during you're covid fine. you're fine. They, no, so no no it. you're good. Yeah I I respect I respect being able to credit artists when you're there but I I will go back we'll add it in the footnotes or something. <laughs> um <laughs> uh you go up you go up the stairs there's this beautiful mural um And then uh, another one that says, every time we fuck, we win, uh, which is a beautiful piece that I love. Um, And then you go in and it's this it's this really big, like upstairs space that has a main bar area, a little like cornered off bar area that is used for a lot of different purposes sometimes. Um, they set up photo booths there sometimes it's a dance floor we use it usually as a pup mosh space uh, but depending on what other things we do that can change as well Um, and there's a giant patio that wraps all the way around uh, and a really really sizable dance floor with like a stage Uh, they do a lot of drag shows Um, some of the best in LA I think by a a pretty wide margin
0: uh, drag shows happen at Precinct I love that. That sounds like a lot of fun. That sounds like a place that was just like built for us. Yeah. So tell us about how, what inspired you to co-create and start this monthly putt party?
1: so uh i actually didn't start it uh that honor belongs to pup doom who is the 2022 alphabet beta Beta la pup i think that is how you say the full title i have it in my notes but i'm like double checking uh anyway i got involved uh because like we're good friends uh i was helping them when they were running for la pup uh and he asked me if i could do the poster art for a party he was hoping to start in downtown and i was like oh my god I live in downtown, how can I help? Uh, and he was like, oh my God, it's gonna be a precinct. I'm like, oh my God, I love precinct. Uh, that's my home bar. I did like an art project for them to raise money for them during COVID. I know so much. And um, so uh, like we're talking and then like a series of, oh, I can do that later. I'm like fully doing the work of a co-producer. Like it started as, do you wanna make this month's poster and it kind of escalated into, so we're doing this together. This is what's happening. Um, and then not to be outdone, uh, when it came time for the premiere event back in uh, february doom got COVID like right before tested positive and like he was devastated obviously because he had worked so hard and this was like really his baby um but i ended up having to functionally run the first event by myself uh because and like had him over facetime to show him the crowd but like it, 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 thankfully, Doom had prepped everything amazingly. We had done a lot of work before the party actually started to make sure that it would go off without a hitch, and it did um, so well. I think it's still, to date, the the best uh, turnout that that party has ever had. Um, it, we immediately got renewed for like a residency at Precinct after that. It was... Um, yeah, it was wild and beautiful. And uh, now we get to do it every month and it's my favorite thing in the
0: world. I love that story. I have to throw as part of my title win this year, I have to throw a charity party. Um, and yeah. I've been kicking around some ideas of starting something up here in Portland called Hide, which we have some naked, a lot of naked things here in Portland, naked bike ride, cats off, dance off, you name it. <laughs> um, and so I want to do a leather party smash up naked party and call it Hide. Um, and so I think I think it'd be fun to see how people get creative with, uh, you know, if you can be naked but you want to show your leather pride, how are you going to mix the two of these together? People are really creative. Oh, I know they are, and I can't wait, especially puppies. Um, so you've had a couple events. You won that. You did a ma- tell me about the mashup with Stink, San Francisco. How did that come oh. about? Oh, I loved it. Uh, really, it is.
1: Um, Doom has this really uncanny ability to be like friends of friends of every single person in the world. Uh, <laughs> I don't, uh, I don't know how he does it, but it's always like, uh, oh, I wonder if we could do this, and he's like, oh yeah, I know a guy. Or I know a guy who knows a guy. And I'm just like, how? It, it's just um, being very well-connected, very, very, like, friendly and welcoming, um, as puppies generally are. Like, that's my favorite thing about this community is that everyone's, like, really uh, welcoming and excited to, like, talk about stuff. And so, like, making friends is actually... Pretty easy. It's a lot easier than like in the real world uh, where people are sort of guarded and stuff. Uh, anyway, I got sidetracked. Yeah. Um, yeah, it really just came about uh, because uh, Doom knew someone who knew Spencer. Um, and we started talking, and um, Spencer, who runs Stank Party, uh was interested in being like we're really looking to bring some stuff to downtown. We're based in San Francisco. We've never done anything in downtown before, but I know a lot of people in downtown that are always telling us that they will come to a thing we do if we come if we do an event there. And we were like, well, there's a built-in pun for one, which is always like, you know, like puppies love smells and sniffing things. So that's already built in. That's always my number one. Like, will will it work for the party is can I make a pun out of it? Uh, <laughs> um, but he uh, yeah, he was really, really cool. Uh, we got to work with uh, their go-to artist. His name is Ian. A really, really talented, who made all the posters look like a comic book, and it was it, it was, was really, really exciting. Um, yeah, we uh, it, they they loved it. I, I think we're we're probably gonna we're gonna, probably gonna do more of that collaboration. If
0: we can. I think you had the Fox City Boys down there too, which probably helped with a lot of the puppies. And, yeah, exactly. Puppies that's awesome yeah i'm i'm i want spencer I've, I've mentioned it to him like please do something in the pacific northwest like out in san francisco <laughs> there are sticky armpits everywhere stink i did stink back in the winter it was my first like uh what is it called whatever that the bars they do the powerhouse party um yeah. it was a lot of fun um so tell me how did you first get involved with pup play as a subculture what drew you into it
1: Okay, well, here's the thing. Uh, this is gonna show my age a little bit, uh, but Tumblr was very influential. <laughs>
0: That's nothing. I sent my friend, a, he called me old today, and when I left the nude beach a couple hours ago, I sent him a meme of uh, Gigapets, Pets, um, Bratz <gasps> dolls, an iPod Nano, and I was like, fuck you for calling me old. Don't forget these things existed in oh my god! In your adult life.
1: <laughs> speaking of, listen, speaking of, like, nostalgic early-odd stuff, um, I don't know uh, if you caught this or uh, i guess well this is not a visual podcast so i'll describe what i'm wearing uh i'm wearing a lot of silver and i'm wearing like uh, a hood that sort of looks like a robot dog um and that is directly Art inspired Art. by uh one of the like real real cute like uh silver robot dog toys that were really popular in the early 2000s. It was uh, what I was allowed to have instead of a dog uh, as I was growing up. Um, I looked it up before the podcast because I wanted to get this right. Uh, they're called Poochies, P-O-O dash C-H-I. Um, and yeah, I, uh, it was really, really cool Like letting that sort of bit of nostalgia really inspire uh, my pup identity.
0: So you've come over the pup identity what what got you there to that pup identity where was the first curiosity what pup hit what hot pup hit on you bar and made you question yourself
1: <laughs> you know i it's so funny because it really never was that it was always i uh, i developed like pup vibes almost exclusively through the internet like it was very early it was very 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 tumblr really uh and like finding like scroll accidentally scrolling upon porn and being like huh, why does that do something for me why does the phrase good boy make sense what and um and just like sort of like stumbling into that and i became apparently because of that uh the person who uh, basically converted a bunch of other people that were my friends into being really into pup play and stuff uh which is honestly it's a point of pride it's really fun to have people be like you know what you're the reason you're the reason you're i'm into pub play actually because you you mentioned it offhandedly and i was like oh, i have to know what that is now um so yeah there was no for me there was no uh at the bar i will say though a uh, really really important milestone and a thing that basically made it so that i was like able to feel like i could participate in it as a community and rather just rather than just like uh, oh this is a thing that i like but i'll never tell anyone like i, I won't even tell like my boyfriend at the time if, that i'm into this there's no way like i could never say this out loud the um the thing that really changed that was uh chewy's which is a monthly pup party at the bullet run by pup chewy who is um honestly a sweetheart uh I don't know if you're listening but we adore you and um yeah just being able to be in a physical space with other people and realizing like oh wait everyone's really nice everyone's really friendly and welcoming and kind and like really eager to share uh just all sorts of things and being like wow okay this is a community and I want to be a part of that this isn't like, it is absolutely a kink. It has absolutely a fetish, but it is much more. Now I, I find a, a lot more of my social life as well, which is something I never thought was going to be this case. Um,
0: and I'm really happy I was proven wrong. You can't tell me that some guys in biker gear at a straight bar or somebody going out to swing dancing and putting on like these women, putting on these beautiful gowns, or you could even argue like pageants that happen. Mm-hmm. Like, like in the pageant makeup and things that go into that for the heteronormative world. None of that is a fetish. None of those people are doing these grandiose things and spending hours and hours on their makeup and hobbies and life. It's not... a little bit, at least for some
1: of them. (laughs) The the line between fetish and hyperfixation is a very blurry one. (laughs) And I think we as a society should accept uh, that more things are fetishes than you think.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and I still have more to be discovered. I discovered it. I, I don't have a foot fetish. I have a sneaker fetish though.
1: So. <laughs> oh, okay. I like that that really uh that goes in
0: probably I assume with the stank party vibes. That was more yeah, scent started last year. Um I've always kind of been into armpit's just a little bit but yeah. but, but it's uh it's as I tell people it's uh, my armpits are Well taken care of, all natural, and it's a curated smell, is how I describe my armpit. Uh, (laughs) It takes It's such a shame
1: we're doing this podcast virtually, like...
0: (laughs) Um, If anyone gets a chance to ever smell, uh, I have not had any complaints yet, but, you know, sometimes it's because I know when to not let people smell. Aww. but that uh, leads me to the next thing, you know, since we're talking about kink, um, you mentioned when in some of the pre-interview stuff uh, you want to discuss sci-fi art and its relationship with kink. Can you elaborate on that connection for me?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, I just, uh, art in general, really, and kink are very, very tied together because I think... Um, it's, it's so funny there uh, there was a popular twitter post going around being like talking about ai art and being like well you know th- it will never overtake uh traditional artists because robots can't get horny um and the one of the main driving forces of making art is just being horny for stuff and um that's real that's a real phenomenon you you see like sci-fi movies, you see like any anything where you have to use your imagination to create a world. Fetish manages to sneak in there like all the time. There's a reason that when you think of the apocalypse, you think of leather gear. And it's because like the Mad Max with Tina Turner in it had like gimp culture and like Leather Daddy stuff in it. Just because, just because the costume designer was like, you know, this is a fantasy world it can be anything and you know what it's going to be the thing that i'm into specifically and that finds its way in a lot of different places i, I find it uh, definitely happens a lot in sci-fi as well um you get like a lot of like alien uh monster designs all yeah, like you least. always have at least 20 people in your social circle being like, Yeah, would fuck that monster. That is <laughs> that is a fuckable squid right there. Um, and it and like, you know how many how many costume designs? Like the, the X-Men when they made them into movies, they were like, How do we ground this? It was like, well, let's put them all in leather. Like, let's uh, let's put like fucking straps on them and like all these kind of things. And and it creeps up in stuff that you don't even expect, right? Like uh, the the Into the Woods movie, that musical, when they made it into a movie, um, I watched a behind the scenes and the costumer, she's talking about like, yeah, um, you know, Rapunzel and the prince, that is Rapunzel's prince, are all about like being confined and trapped and contained. So we made, uh, we put like BDSM bondage, elements into their costumes like uh her her dress is like has like rope tie patterns in it and his is all like leather and studded stuff and i'm just like it's crazy how like the last place you would think to find like a literal disney musical like they disney produced the movie of that a literal disney produced musical has fetish influences so it's 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 really cool how this uh, symbiotic and It goes both ways, right? Like, I know so many people who have fetishes that you wouldn't think would be a fetish, but are, because of media. Like, um, I run a lot in the sort of fat slut grammar communities as well, uh, just by nature of who I hang out with all the time. And um, I discovered, within the last couple of years, uh, blueberry inflation fetish, uh, which is wanting to be turned into... Uh, a Violet Beauregard esque blueberry, and it's like that wouldn't exist if it weren't for media. That is not something that someone would have thought of for a sex reason if they didn't see it as a kid and it didn't do something in their brain, being like, "Oh, I'm into this." And it's I'm not kink shaming at all. I am. I think it's amazing and fascinating.
0: I want golden disk now, Daddy.
1: Listen. <laughs> Who amongst us has not gotten our daddies to get us a golden egg? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that's a sex thing. I said it out loud assuming it would be a euphemism, and it doesn't make any sense. It's a daddy in it just To it someone is. it does. <laughs> that's the point. Um so yeah, the, the symbiotic relationship between art and fetish is really fascinating and beautiful to me. I, I love it. I love it a lot.
0: What monster from Hollywood or comic would you fuck?
1: Oh, uh well there's
0: We're having That's an a difficult.
1: With. That's a difficult you're you're asking for one.
0: Okay, let's, let's have a threesome. <laughs> Give me two. Uh,
1: okay, okay. So, well, you know, that's a bigger question. Listen, okay. If it's a threesome, I want to make sure that they're compatible as well, because I want to make sure everyone's having a good time. But we're I'm just gonna like list. I'm gonna list some like favorites. Um if we're pulling from like horror. Uh, God, I'm blanking on the name. The one with the box,
0: Hellraiser.
1: Yeah, everyone in the Hellraiser cast, obviously.
0: Yeah. Yep. Because
1: again, one hundred percent BDSM influence. Yeah. Um, I am definitely a pup. I so like werewolf feels like an obvious answer.
0: Are oh, your team uh, Jacob?
1: <laughs> honestly, yeah. Because uh, <laughs> frankly, uh, well, I. You know, I, I can make a lot of bold statements about Twilight, but the truth is is I only experienced Twilight through Friends. I did not read it, but it was a cultural phenomenon at the time when I was growing up, and everyone was like, ugh, I don't like the werewolf boy who's nice to her. I like the mean, pale, like, weird vampire guy who's like a predator and old, and I'm like, of the two that you're gonna pick, and this is probably I should have known, that I was like, oh yeah, well, the pup thing is there. Uh, It was like, you're not gonna pick the dog one? Are you crazy? Obviously, the dog one is the correct choice. You're literally describing a golden retriever boyfriend. That's the ideal. Um, And no, that was not a universal experience. That was just me, and I hadn't learned things about myself yet at the time. Um, But you know,
0: two movies that unfortunately don't hold up to this day the hangover for obvious reasons for sure the entire twilight saga is a little creepy and pretty misogynistic and kind of (laughs) awful
1: well you know here's the thing i don't know that that's about holding up because at the time that was a really like a really prevalent criticism as well being like yeah they um they really made it it's like this is not like women are obsessed with this uh but the the reviews were all like oh yeah but women shouldn't be obsessed with this because it's misogynist and it's all these things the truth is it's like you know we as a society love to shit on anything that teenage girls like uh and i for one don't really want to take part in that anymore I've, i've kind of grown up and i'm like you know what if if people like this thing I'm not going to throw shade because obviously they're resonating with something that I'm not understanding necessarily. Maybe Um, like for example, what's the appeal of the vampire boy versus uh, Taylor Lautner. He's right there. Look at him. Uh, But you know, it's uh, everybody's got different stuff that is affecting how they interact with things, how they see the world, how they navigate the world. Um, And yeah, that should be celebrated. I think
0: i think so too um i have questions so i want to ask um thank goodness we're on a podcast right (laughs) how do you personally personally integrate your art into your pup play experience i know you have your cyber up look um i i I also want to find out more what inspired the western theme howl because that one's probably my favorite of the marketing you guys have done Thank you. Um, but yeah how do you bring your art into your pup play
1: uh, well, a lot of ways. Uh, I have a really bad habit of monetizing all of my hobbies, so uh, anything that I do, I manage to turn into a job constantly. And one of the ways that I do that is um, over on my art account, uh, which I may or may not link at the bottom of this podcast, if I, depending on how I'm feeling at the end of it, um, I for a while have been doing uh, pub portrait commissions. Um, so like I've been for the last year or so drawing portraits of people in the pup community um, either because I want to draw them and they're, like, it started as I wanted to draw my friends and then it turned into a bunch of people being like, oh my gosh, I want one. And I was like, okay, here's, I guess we're doing this. And then and I did it for money. like a year and I'm still doing it. Um, so that's one way I'm definitely uh, I'm definitely making art of the pub community and it, it, it feels like giving back a little bit uh, in that way is like I want to be not just like you know a lurker a person who's here and like uh, like what, you know you know when you're like in internet forums and stuff it's like, Long time watcher, first time writing type of vibes. I wanted to be part of the conversation. I wanted to like give uh, a gift to people um, in this community because it's a really beautiful community. Um, And I just also like drawing pretty people in dog masks. Like that's also part of it uh, so that that is definitely one of the ways and then the other way is for how i do all of the marketing publicity stuff unless we have like a guest artist specifically most of it is uh i'm doing the design and the um the the posters and the animation and stuff for that um you mentioned the western howl uh and that it, it ought Oddly enough, I did the least amount of art for because a friend of ours, Pup Hank, who is uh, part of the Fanny Pack, which is my favorite name for a puppy pack I think I've ever heard, um, went to Texas, like right before uh, we were doing the poster publicity stuff, like as we were developing this party. Uh, and they went on a horse and had their photographer friend take pictures of them in their pup gear on a horse. They already had the western aesthetic. It was like the inside joke was they're like, yeah, this is the Hank one. <laughs> this month is themed to Pup Hank, actually. Uh, and they just had those photos. like. And they were so gracious as to let the, us use them on the marketing because they were gorgeous and I was like obsessed. I ended up compositing two of them together. So it's like there's a pup on a horse in the background and a pup with a lasso in the foreground. But they're both Pup Hank and they're both real photos. Like that's an actual horse there and they're actually in Texas. There was no like doctoring to the background to make that look the way it was. It was just it was uh, beautiful in camera photography that we were really really lucky to use Um, I was able to turn that into just an entire marketing campaign just from how beautiful those photos were so that's um that's the way that I love to interact with art and pub community stuff is being able to uh, not just be able to create uh, art for the pub community but also to collaborate and create art pieces in ways that like are also showing off beautiful art in the pup community and having this party is a really cool venue for that Mm
0: -hmm. i love that i love those moments when we i'm gonna jump on a horse in my pup gear or i'm gonna splash around in a publicly crowded beach or run through a corn maze just pups do this thing every now and then and we take our pup gear out in the strangest of places and it can be beautiful although i am an advocate sometimes for like you know, there's appropriate and inappropriate places for a jockstrap. And sure. sometimes people associate our pup gear with just the sexual stuff because that's all they know. And so mm-hmm. you could really ruin someone's day if you're not careful because they're not going to go up and explain to everybody why you're running around in pup gear. <laughs> and they're like, in I, their head, they're like, there's no difference to that and seeing someone in like full mummification.
1: <laughs> I, I will say uh, the first time I really wore my uh, pup gear out in public public, um, it was still like a little bit, we were, uh, especially in downtown LA, people were still really wearing masks wherever they went. Um, and I was on my way to a pup event and I had my, a lower face mask that is sealed. Um, so I was wearing that just on the subway. And I think it's because it kind of looks a little bit more robot than it does dog, but I got compliments from it. I, I wasn't like getting weird looks. Uh, I, I was just like, People saw it and they were like, oh, it's a cosplay thing. Look at how cute and weird that is. And I got people waving and I went back and I was like, oh my gosh, so cute. I recognize this is not like a universal experience because I had my um, I had my hood custom made. And I'm going to uh, make sure that I say the name of the person who made it correctly right now because I'm about to do another plug. Uh, Varoru, which is uh, an artist based out of spain i believe um, so it doesn't look like what people recognize as a pop hood as much um, but it's it's really cool being able to be in public in a way that is like yeah this to me denotes sexuality but in the same way that like you know dyeing your hair or like dressing femme could also denote sexuality it is not inherently sexual just because it's about sex sometimes and i think that there's a big push yeah this happens a lot when we get closer to pride and there's all these like sort of kink at pride discourses that happen where people really want to take one stance or the other being like either pup play is sexual or it completely isn't and The truth is it's a lot of things, it's everything in between, and it's blurry and it's interesting, but like, it's not the same as nudity, like, so it's not, I don't think of it as inherently inappropriate in public spaces, but I don't think of it as inherently unsexual either, but people will wear, like, sexual clothing in public spaces all the time. Like, that's where most fashion comes from. Like, you know, it's it, it's, a, it's a spectrum. It's a lot of different things at once. And, um, yeah, I, I applaud people who are willing to just go for it and be like, this is, yeah, it's part of my sexuality, but it, it's also part of who I am. So I'm going to wear this and I'm going to rock it and i'm gonna get some really cool pictures while i'm at it because like how often do you get to see uh like a puppy for example like on a public beach and it's like you get these cute little half underwater photos like it's cool i like it I lo- because that's that that's where i'm landing i like it
0: i <laughs> love it uh what uh, would you say to someone who's wanting to explore all right let's be i got new pups out there they've Bought some stuff off of Amazon, or they've made their own Mm -hmm. hoods, and you know I hear it all the time. They're like, "Oh, I love it! It looked hot online. I bought it." But now when I go out to like an event, I kind of feel I feel like I look like a lot of people. And so, what would you say to someone Mm -hmm. who's wanting to add more, discover more of their artistic expression in their pup play? How could they get started?
1: Uh, They should go to Howl. Uh, No, (laughs) Uh, anything for a plug. No, uh, but really though, actually, like the. Uh, The thing that made me want to start adding more artistic uh, expression into it was when it stopped being online and started being real. Uh, And like, you got to meet people and talk to them about, oh, this is how I bring like fashion and like art and creativity um, to the gear that I have, to the expressions that I have, and the way that I present in this space and how I navigate this space. You do it by just bringing your amazon hood to a real life party and going from there and there's no um like i mean i'm not a bezos stan or anything but there's no shade in like starting with a cheaper option to explore or even like not having gear at all i know so many pups who are like absolutely 100 who they are is pup and they just don't wear gear and it's it doesn't affect their headspace at all it's a totally different thing um so there's a lot of different ways to navigate it and it's really easy to say oh everyone's valid but like you feel it more when you're in a physical space when it becomes not about like you're listening to some guy who hosts a party talk on a podcast when it's you're actually in a space with real people and navigating for the first time how you fit and how you want to be, and how you want to bring your expression and the art that you have inside you, whether or not you're an artist or just a person capable of expression, which I think is everyone. Um, yeah, you just gotta you gotta live it. You gotta live it, and you'll figure it out. And the community is really welcoming and helpful. If you ask that question, everyone's gonna have a different answer, but they're all gonna be excited to share it, and that's how you learn.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, I think that that's that's great. It's just kind of bringing your best self, and you know, there's no pressure to like you need to be better or be shiny. If you, like you said, if if you wanna come in and and just basic gear or no gear at all or come in with a t-shirt from your closet and just come jump in the headspace you can do Mm -hmm. that but it is a really awesome area to bring some awesome self-expression if that's something you're like sitting on your hands of creativity and just needing an outlet to put it this is a great outlet for it seen some awesome stuff um how important is digital space for your self-expression
1: you know it's become less important, uh, which I shouldn't say because I am absolutely trying to promote uh, a bunch of different socials and I like run the social for Howl. So in in that way, for the party, it's very important. But for me personally, uh, I don't have a lot of Instagram followers. I don't have a lot of Twitter followers on my um, pub account. And that's okay. If you want to be there, if you want to follow me, you're more than welcome to. Uh, But it's not where I primarily exist. I feel like um, I definitely started off Uh, being like i primarily exist online this kink is gonna exist in a bubble of internet these are the gays on my phone i don't interact in real life and then as i've grown and as i've started going to more events and started becoming a part of these events it has become more and more this is my real life and so For a lot of people, the the online space is very important. A lot of people make the online part of their job. Like I know a lot of people uh, with OnlyFans, with uh, Just for Fans, with lots of like um, where they're creating content in like a sex work way, and so that becomes very important because the online space is like how they make money and how they like make a living. and for me that's not at time of recording i have no plans uh i will post uh whatever i feel like to twitter i will post whatever i feel like to instagram um and for me it's fun and if it becomes more serious than that i don't want to do it i already make everything else my job i'm not gonna make being a pup on the internet my job i have i've promised myself that
0: I love that. You know, for me, and I I do do sex work on the internet, and I do appreciate the money that I get. Um, I do it for free. Everyone should
1: go uh, subscribe to Tucker's... Uh the link the link is, the link, link is at
0: digginforbones.com in case you're wondering but um oh, I was wondering could you say that again one more time into the mic Yeah it's at digginforbones just like the spelling of the podcast at digginforbones.com um and just a shameless plug the website now I have writings I've been writing some essays and journal entries um, Ooh also the kids used to call it a blog but writing seems to be the cool new thing um So I started that as well. We
1: used to write like it on paper and stuff. So it's a callback.
0: It's a callback. (laughs) Um, No, but like even in in my uh, online work, a lot of it still is self expression. Um, I used to joke and call it only gas money. Um, But like I I enjoy, for me anyway, I. I didn't feel like I used to have autonomy over my body and self-expression for so long in my life. Um, and just a nod out to Britney Spears. I love her dearly. I'm not a huge fan. Um, but I will say the whole getting naked on Instagram thing. I get it, girl. Like, get it. Like, Ugh, that, is your good body. For her. that is your body, and you can do whatever the fuck you want with it. And I, it deeply resonated with me um when I kind of felt her why behind that. And I was like, no, I'm going to get fucking naked on the internet and fuck everybody. Like, I've had enough people and cared so much. I still care what people think about me through a respectable way of, like, I still want to be a member in my community and society. It's not fun to be ostracized. Yeah. Um, um, but at the same time, like, this is my body and I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want with it. So, <laughs> uh, it's still forms of self-expression. Um, you know, uh, for those newer to the community who are curious about exploring their own kinks, whether it be pop play or, you know, I've seen you tied up in some pictures. Um, what would you give, what would you say to them?
1: Uh hello welcome we're really excited to have (laughs) you again i don't know i like uh i don't know that i have uh i'm not so bold as to think that i have sage advice or anything um but yeah i just find your people and like make friends say hi we don't bite unless you're into that
0: You know, and if you can't say hi, telling someone you can't say hi. I know this sounds weird, but one of the first sex parties I ever went to, I walked up to someone and I was like, I just, I need to get out. I'm feeling incredibly shy. They were flirting with me and I walked away and I went back and I was like, I'm feeling incredibly shy and I... Don't know how to communicate with you right now, and I'm having a hard time approaching this. So I'm gonna approach it like this.
1: <laughs> the way, the way that that's adorable, though. Like I, 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 don't know if this is a universal thing, but for me, I like if someone approached me like that, being like, "Oh my god, I'm like really starstruck." I, I don't know what to, t- I don't know say. I would be like, "Oh." come here hang out with me i'll talk your ear off this i let me let me like show you the ropes let me like do all these things oh my god let's be friends i'm adopting you into my like little circle of queer people i'm obsessed um
0: that's exactly what they did
1: (laughs) yeah i love that sounds right uh
0: (laughs) queers god bless
1: um i i I love I love that about this community because it's it's truly not universal for a queer experience. I wish it was. I wish that like every facet of the queer community was as welcoming as the pup play community has been. Um, because there is a lot of like internalized oh, there's a certain way to be, and I gotta uphold the certain way to be, and I only want to surround myself with people that are the certain way to be, um, and. I like, I like that um, in Pup Spaces, it really does not feel like that. It really does not feel, which is so interesting because it's like, it's sort of built a little bit on this conformity. Like a lot of people have like the same two masks as everybody else. Like everybody in the room looks real similar. Uh, and people are like color coded and stuff. So you would imagine it's like, oh, there's a really big culture of conformity. of like we all got to be the same thing and on the same page. It's not like that at all.
0: Oh, I everyone say at all. There, well there. There's a little bit of it in the people I've met. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I think overall you nailed it. But um, one thing I like to tell new pups, you know, I've only been in a year, but I've had the privilege of talking to a lot of people at this point. Um, I imagine. Yeah. And some of the advice that I'll give a new puppy is like take it cafeteria style, like your community that you're in. Take from what them what you want to learn, but also go visit other ones because. Uh, you know for certain groups that find this is like the first place they have found a safe group of friends and they're very protective of that um mm. and sometimes that can lead to a little unintentional gatekeeping or trying to project their experience in something that was really impactful for them and kind of projecting that onto other people is that is the experience in which people need to do their pop play and i don't always find that is the best advice to give to people i think we can all come to it on our own and we got to be really cautious not to project our own experience onto other people even if it was good that might not be the way that someone else like I'm real I I love that for you but but (laughs) for real I love that for you Um, that doesn't necessarily even if it translates to a lot of people that's not necessarily going to be the experience everyone gets or should have Uh, and it's none of our place to yuck on anyone's yum for sure but sorry to rant. I've, uh, no, it, please.
1: It's, uh, one, it's your podcast. <laughs> and two, I've been ranting so much. Uh, I do wanna, if you don't mind, I, I reminded me of a thing that I was having a conversation with uh, a friend of mine earlier. Um, there's, a, there's a generational disconnect too, because it, it, from what I've experienced and what many of my friends have experienced, um, it seems like old guard leather has a lot more structure has a lot more like it's about how you're experiencing it it's like it's much more of like a bdsm like power structure to it and like this is you are sub a dom and alpha and these are the rules whereas um especially with like younger crowds it's a lot more uh i guess similar to like the furry part of it where it's much more about identity and expression and a lot less about like power dynamics. I mean, it can, it usually is both. Um, But I found that everybody approaches it super differently and um, the people that are saying it's only done one way, listen to them. You have things to learn from them, but they're not getting the whole story. There's a lot of different stuff.
0: My joke has always been that puppies came our pet players i mean granted they've been around mm-hmm. but i'm just gonna say the modern day stereotype of what we know is a pup uh yeah it's like a leather daddy and a furry got really drunk at the bar one night hooked up had a baby and their drunk aunt is that drag queen down the street who's like their godparent who influences the shit out of them and now you have a puppy <laughs> oh yeah phenobarbital that's the aunt <laughs> <laughs> um no, it, it is it is great yeah uh, you know, I I always give my guests a chance to ask me questions too so if you had any questions for me now it, and you don't have to have any but if you did um, I'd be happy to answer any
1: yeah um, I'm always curious um, because our our uh, our fetish our community kind of comes with a built-in uh, set of like being anonymous like a lot of people have masks that cover their entire face um, I was just really curious about like how much of a disconnect is there between like day tucker and pup tucker like is there any at this point how do you navigate that uh is it a secret identity for you or is it just part of your identity hmm
0: <laughs> yeah uh, I, I i can i can answer that i had uh, an alter ego that i used as max max was kind of my you know to keep myself safe on the internet, especially at least feeling safe, was that this dark side and kinky side, which I really wasn't kinky. Um, I thought I was kinky. Um,
1: <laughs> you, always, you always think you're kinky until you discover the next thing that's a kink and you're like, oh, I I was so baby.
0: Yeah, that that version of kinky self that named himself Max was very uh, vanilla light. We'll call it vanilla LaCroix. You know, it was a, a bottle of white plain water that sat on a truck next to something flavored vanilla and absorbed some of the flavor. That was how vanilla I was back then. Um, There's a place in my heart for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got a little kinkier after my marriage. I mean, we, we explored some stuff, but I when I was hurt and I got into pup play, I created this like really innocent new puppy. It was a very The persona for me was very like, I have no idea what I'm doing here. Uh, just a lot of innocence and teach me. Um, and through therapy, I ended up merging the two of them together into uh, my Tucker max, um, which um, yeah, that my daytime used to be different, but the confidence I always think of RuPaul when the Queens are like, Oh, you know, it's just so much easier for me to do. I get this confidence and I get to say things and be this person that I always wished I'd be when I'm in drag and Ru always turns it back around on them. And is like, you know, that's still you. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And I, I really think about that and I really try to bring aspects of this confident Tucker. I've had a huge weight loss journey and fitness journey and, um, confidence journey and, you know, really becoming autonomous over myself. Um, Slowly but surely throughout the last year, I don't really see a difference between the two. If anything, and there's times like in my professional life where I'm like, oh, filter, um, put that filter on because <laughs> <laughs> capitalism and I still need a job. I wish I, I work at a place where I could be the most authentic version of myself. And I'm really privileged for that because I know a lot of people don't. Um, however, I still have to, you know, censor and code switch all the time just because uh, I like to have a job. Um, but you know they're they're not that different anymore. Um, I Tucker has just been a huge positive part of my life, um, and I, I wouldn't change anything for the world to have discovered this part of myself that I have now. I love that. That was so beautiful. Oh, thank you for asking that question. Um, Well, it's been a pleasure talking to you. I I was curious, where can our listeners find out more about you, your events, your projects... Yes, of course. Your butt. Um, well, you can find more about my butt
1: uh, on at cybersexpuppy all one word, uh, both on Twitter and Instagram. I do sometimes post there, uh, but where you can mostly find me is running the account for Howell DTLA, which is at Howell DTLA uh, on Twitter and Instagram. And um,
0: come find me at Precinct first Sunday of every month. Ah, thank you so much. Yeah, I want to make it down there. I'll be honest with you, and that Stank mashup party posted, I forgot what I was doing that weekend, but uh, Tucker did look at a plane ticket and was like, can I fly down there for one night? Because Stank is like my favorite party in the world and Stank hybrided with a pup night was like... A dream come true. Oh, I remember now. Dory Alley was like a week after. I was like, oh, that's that's being a little ambitious with funds. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Will you make Will you make it part of the return trip? Right, because right? it's like you're coming down to L. A. and then you go back to San Francisco and then you go all the way back up to Portland.
0: I wish I could do that. You know, I look at some of these gays on the internet nowadays, and I'm like, do any of you fucking work?
1: <laughs> Girl, it's credit card debt. I'll tell you, it's it's either they have a daddy with a marketing job, or they have a lot of credit card debt, and sometimes both. <laughs> i like, I don't know. I don't know if any of that's true, but you know, it's funny to say.
0: I've been enjoying the last year and I've been living a little outside my means as a healing journey. Um, but it's kinda of legit. And I'm like but this I'm, proud, sustainable. I'm proud of healing. There's nothing in what I've been doing and Well and... here's the thing about
1: journeys. They don't have to be sustainable because they're all about getting somewhere that is. Yep. Well, cool. Those Thank are you. my words of wisdom. We'll see if it was even means anything. <laughs>
0: that resonates with me I, I I there's you know it's in chapters too like looking back on life you're like there's so many different chapters uh, that's just part of getting older um well thank you so much for being on the show uh puppies i and listeners i have a huge lineup of guests that have confirmed just in the last week i'm excited to share with you but you know thank you all for supporting and hitting that subscribe button um if you want more information you can find it on digging for bones but the best thing you can do is if you think there's anybody that would enjoy this podcast send it to them and please 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 hit that subscribe button i hope you all have a great rest of your day night whenever you're listening and take care thank you so much timo
1: of course. Aroo! Aroo!